Hi, I'm Nikki from Teaching Autism and welcome to the Autism and Special Education Community Podcast. Are you an autism or special education professional? Are you a teacher or therapist looking for support and new ideas? You may even be a parent, family member or carer. This podcast is perfect to help you find out more information, support and get some of your questions answered. Hi, and welcome back to the Teaching Autism and Special Education Community Podcast. I am so glad to have you here today to talk about a really important topic, and it's a situation that pretty much everyone may find themselves in at one point or another in their career, and that's when a parent-teacher relationship breaks down. Or maybe you've never been able to build a relationship with them, and it's just continuing to get worse or not getting better. Having a negative parent-teacher relationship is a huge issue, mostly because the main person who's going to be affected in this whole situation is the student themselves. And one common goal that we all have is that we want to ensure our students get the best possible learning experience with us. So today in this podcast episode, I am just going to be sharing five quick tips for what you can do to improve that parent-teacher relationship. Whether it used to be a great relationship and now it's broken down, maybe because of something or some things that have happened, or even if it's never been that great, but it's just getting worse or not getting better. I hope that these tips today will be helpful for you. So number one, and this is my biggest tip for everything in the classroom and in our careers, and that's to try not to take things personally. So hear me out before you switch off and think, oh no, another piece of common advice that's easier said than done. Trust me, I know it can be really hard not to take things personally, especially when it can feel like a personal attack. But I want you to be in the parent's shoes first of all. So many of our students are non-verbal or they may have some communication struggles. That means that nine times out of ten when they go home at the end of the day, they most likely can't communicate with their families what happened in school or if anything's upsetting them or why they're displaying challenging behaviours or where they got that mark on their hand. As a parent, all of these things are already going to be huge concerns engraved in you from years of watching your child grow. You are going to naturally feel even more overprotective because you have to make sure your child's okay, even though they can't communicate with you. We all react to things differently, the same way in that all of our students react to situations differently. Sometimes we can remain calm and have pleasant conversations. Other times, maybe it's just something that's finally pushed us over the edge and we don't quite realise the tone that we're taking or maybe the way that we're wording things can be hurtful to the teacher, especially on the other end of the phone or email. Also, if it's an email, letter or any form of written text or note, remember that you can't hear or see the way that this parent is saying something. And we all interpret things differently. So tip number one, try not to take things personally. They most likely are not having a go at you. They're just frustrated. And unfortunately, you might be the only person who can help them, which puts you in line of their frustrations. And I'm not saying that's right or that's the way it should be. 
I'm just saying remember that we are all human and sometimes things can maybe be taken too personally and that's what can contribute to things going a little bit sour. Number two, and this is a really important one, let your students' families know that you're on their child's side. So for many of our students' families, they have probably already spent years and years fighting for their child. It could be that they were fighting for a diagnosis or answers for something. It could be that they were fighting for support for their child. Maybe they've had to fight to get their child into your school and classroom to get the help and support that they need. Let your students' families know you are on their child's side and it will help them to feel more at ease and more trusting of you when they know that you value their child and that their needs are important to you. Number three is taking time to communicate. Have you ever tried to build a relationship with someone without talking to them? It's pretty hard. Having time to communicate with your students' families is a huge step for building relationships. Even if it's something you might not think is relevant or important, it can actually be really relevant and important to that family member. So, for example, if you are waiting for an assessment to be done on a student and maybe it's taken a little while, write home to let the family know that there's still no news but you will chase it up if you haven't heard anything by Friday. This is already going to save possible future discussions when the family are frustrated because they've been waiting for this assessment. Think of it like waiting for your favourite parcel to arrive in the mail. Being able to hit view tracking information is always reassuring because you can see where your parcel is, what step it's at, the progress it's made... It's much better than receiving nothing and just waiting day after day, wondering if today is going to be the day your parcel finally arrives. Keep parents in the loop and take that time to communicate. I have some great blog posts and podcast episodes all about ways you can communicate with parents and I'll link to those in the show notes for you too. Number four, and this is a big one because they know. Let your families know you like their child. Okay, think about the parents or family that you have the least successful relationship with. What are your main discussions about? Are they about behaviour, most likely negative behaviour? Or maybe things that the student has done that are negative. Maybe they refused to do their work again today. Maybe they were aggressive again today. Look back through all your communications with that family How often do you talk in a positive way about their child? If you're only communicating negative things about their child, they're going to think you don't like them. And this is where mama and papa bear are going to come out because nobody wants anyone to dislike their child, especially said child's teacher. Take time to write home something positive, happy or funny every single day about each of your children. It can be something as easy as... Luke won our class game today, or Elizabeth has been really helpful around the class today, or Josh was able to sit for five minutes to do his work today. That's a new record. All these sentences can actually mean so much to parents and family members who are reading it because it shows you've taken note of the little things their child has done throughout the day and you're complimenting them. 
When you give a negative, try to give at least two positives with it so you're not constantly just talking negatively about the child. Think of it like the sandwich effect. So an example of this can be something like maybe you're going to phone home to speak to their mother and you will say, hi Betty, just wanted to let you know Thomas had a great morning today. He was really helpful setting up breakfast and he sat through his entire speech session, which he is progressing really well with. Unfortunately, doing outdoor play, he did get a little bit frustrated waiting to go on the swing and he pulled a student off it who got a little bit upset and angry. But my staff were able to intervene and direct them both away and give them time to cool down. We gave Thomas some space and at the end of the day we read a book all together about sharing and taking turns. Thomas and the other boy did say sorry but I just wanted to let you know and keep you up to date just in case you take him to a playground. In this quick phone call you've told her how helpful Thomas was this morning, how great he was in speech and how well he's progressing with it. You did discuss the negative behaviour with the swing, but you also told her how it was dealt with and apologies were exchanged. Instead of ending the phone call there, you told her you just wanted a call to let her know so she can be vigilant if she takes Thomas to a playground and it happens again. This is a much more relaxing conversation for families to have than getting straight into the negative part because... Then families may take things personally, like we discussed in point number one. This time, maybe the family member is going to take it personally and maybe they will feel the need to apologize or feel guilty about something that's happened. And that's not what we want to do. And tip number five is let someone else build a relationship. I've been around for many years now. And just like in everyday life outside of the classroom, we do connect with some people better than others. And the same is to be said about our students' families. Maybe there's a family you just can't click with. Don't let it frustrate you. Look at your team of staff. Is there someone else who could build that relationship? It doesn't have to be the teacher with the amazing relationships. Your staff are all important to your classroom and to your students as well. So don't be afraid to use them to build relationships with parents and family members. Sometimes for a lot of families, the teacher is just a little bit too intimidating for them. Not that you've done anything wrong, it's just the way it is. And speaking to an assistant may be more comfortable for them. And that's okay. Just let your assistants know what they can and can't talk about. Remind them of policies that are in place and what you expect of them and let them know to relay all information back to you. And of course, if it's something vitally important, you will need to be involved in that conversation. The other positive here is that when your assistant has built a strong relationship with this family, they can start work on improving the relationship between you and the family as well. So it's a win-win situation for everyone. And finally, a bonus tip to end the podcast with is to remember that your students' families' worries and concerns are valid, just like yours are. Please take the time to listen to them. You most likely have a lot more knowledge about certain things than they do. And for many parents, this is a whole new situation they found themselves in. Try to help where you can. Remember back to your first year teaching and how scary it all was. And if you were lucky enough to have another educator who helped you, 
you'll know how good that felt. So imagine the same for your students' families. So that's just a quick five tips plus bonus podcast episode on what to do when parent-teacher relationships are breaking down or have broken down. I hope you found this podcast episode helpful. Don't forget to head over to the show notes where I'm going to link a bunch of blog posts and resources and podcast episodes to help you continue with this topic. Thank you for listening and I'll speak to you again soon.